1: what is good everybody welcome to tgi football here on the sb nation nfl show a reminder before we go anywhere further that our show is brought to you by our friends at draftkings draftkings sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the nfl download the draftkings sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If it isn't obvious by our name, we do this show on Fridays. And we will recap Thursday Night Football. We will, of course, spin forward and preview all of the action to come in what is week 6 of the NFL. We will also have our Pick 3 segment, which is also brought to you by DraftKings. I say we. My name is Arjo Choa. He is Steven Serta. He is Brandon Lee Godden. Uh BLG. Uh, congratulations to both of our baseball teams moving on
2: exciting times maybe a little bit of a world series rematch in store we'll see how the championship rounds go but uh, excited to preview the week six of nfl football
1: steven uh what sports are currently captivating your attention that are not the nfl great start to the nfl show by the way
0: uh nothing i i I follow football i don't i I, I like I like football and I like the NBA. Those are the only things that I really follow closely. I have not watched a single major league baseball postseason game.
1: Who's your NBA team? So we, yeah, I was going to ask.
0: Uh, I don't really have a team. Uh, okay. It's kind of <laughs> like my N, like NFL. Like I just Steven, I just like the sport on. and I just watch Steven, games and I, and I bet
2: on it. And who are some I of your fun? favorite players then?
0: Yeah uh Giannis I love Damian Lillard too so that is gonna be fun I'm I'm excited for that this season I like LeBron I'm not a LeBron hater I don't really have an issue with him and I love Jimmy Butler and I I wish the heat would have done something more because I think it's better for the NBA when Jimmy Butler's on a good team but we'll see how it goes um, Stephen, you are kind of the Aldous
1: Snow of uh, the NFL and the NBA, where you think you're this like citizen of the world, um, <laughs> and uh, you have to pick an ideology, as uh, as Kristen Bell told him in that movie. Um, Brandon once told me he's never seen Forgetting Star Marshall. Can you believe that? That is kind of crazy. I've I've seen it a lot of times. I don't, I don't time so. for this,
2: man. Too long.
1: I made that up. I didn't know. Uh, I really don't know if you've ever seen it. I made that up. Um, so no, if haven't. you haven't seen it, that was a good good job by me. Um, so we are here, first and foremost, to recap Thursday Night Football. Uh, Stephen, uh, the NFL team, who you, I guess, are contractually obligated to care the most about, are the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they won 19-8. to 8 improved to 15 and zero against the Broncos in the Patrick Mahomes era. That is so stupid and unbelievable. Um, (laughs) Kind of like the way that Sean Payton handled the end of the first half. What were your initial and I guess after a night's worth of sleep takeaways from the game?
0: Um, I think there's going to be a lot made out of the fact that the chiefs only put up 19 points. And most people I think would be worried about that because the chiefs offense has not been particularly special this season. Uh, Last night, they couldn't score in the red zone. They only walk away with one touchdown after, uh, you know, last week we missed out on Patrick Mahomes throwing for 300 yards, and he manages to throw for 300 yards last night. We didn't. And we didn't miss out on that. You missed out I missed that. out. <laughs> I missed out on that. Um, but I, I'm really not if, – if you had to pick one thing about the Chiefs that you're like, they'll figure it out eventually, it's obviously the offense, and it's obviously Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid getting things worked out. There's – a lot of overhaul on that side of the ball for them this season. They got a lot of young players and they have two new tackles that they're trying to figure out how all of that stuff fits together still. And through six weeks of the season, they're still five and one despite all of that. And their defense is playing like a top five defense in the NFL. So I'm fine with the chiefs winning this way for now down the line. If they can't figure it out, I'll start to get a little bit worried, but they're five and one, their defense is playing lights out. I I, I didn't take away that much from that game because I also don't think they took the Broncos seriously at all last night.
2: Yeah, I think this is a team that, you know, sometimes just plays to the level of their competition. And I had the I was the Chiefs game was on these TVs at this bar I was at, at these tables, like right next to the tables. Each little table had its own TV. And then the Phillies game were on, like, the overhead TV. So I was kind of like, you know, my attention was split between those two. But every time I was looking at the Chiefs game, even though the score would be close or whatever, or a slow start, I'm like, they're going to win this game. It's not really – like, the game looked way closer to me than it ever truly really was. It's kind of just like the Chiefs were playing with their food because they knew they could. And they would do the Chiefs thing where they're eventually just gonna win at the end. I was never thinking, I don't think anyone was ever thinking there was actually gonna be a real upset in this game. So they didn't score the most style points in this one, but it just who cares? It doesn't matter. Beat the Broncos. Um you're four and one. Everything's fine. Yeah,
1: uh, five and one, Brandon. You're selling them five short and on a one. Um I agree, like it was a little boring, but it also felt like a larger lead than it was at any point. Like, and maybe that some of that is the Broncos and they're whatever you want to call it, inability, ineptitude, incompetence, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I mean like life is good if you're a Chiefs fan, obviously if, if these are your biggest problems and now you get the mini buy to rest up for the chargers who will be coming off of a short week and Monday night football. That is so dumb, by the way, that the NFL does this to teams. Like it, this should not happen. Um, but whatever. And then the Broncos again, um, obviously twice in three weeks, which is also dumb. The NFL shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. Um, I guess we have to talk about the Broncos side of things. Um, I, I made mention of it. Here's the thing. And this is not the week to defend Mike McCarthy, obviously. Um, but if Mike McCarthy or or Brandon Staley or Kevin O'Connell uh, did what Sean Payton did at the end of this first half, it would not have gone as quietly into the night as it did. And so Stephen, Sean Payton called a timeout um, and gave the Chiefs an opportunity to possess the ball. At the end of the first half, which they converted into a Harrison Butker field goal. Shout out to me uh, for starting Harrison Butker in fantasy. Pretty awesome Friday morning. Um, the Broncos are an abject failure. They're an abject disaster. Like, w- what is what is redeeming about the Broncos right now, Stephen?
0: Well, nothing, and <laughs> it, it seems pretty clear to me that they're just tanking. Like, they're they trade away Randy Gregory. They released Frank Clark this morning. Jerry Judy's supposedly on the chopping block. Like, it, it just feels to me like. John Payton came in was like, all you guys suck. Nathaniel Hackett sucked. Everything about this situation sucks. And he was like, maybe we'll see how it goes week one. And then he was like, no, this team's terrible. And now they're just selling everybody off for parts and trying to tank, to get a top five pick and get one of these top end quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft class. Because I, I don't really understand what the else they could be working towards right now. Like, Marvin Mims, who has looked like a spectacular player, ran like three routes last night, like was not involved in the offense at all. And it seems like you would want to get that guy on the football field. Lil Jordan Humphrey ran more routes than him on Thursday night after being cut earlier in the day to make roster moves and then added back late in the evening. Like, it, it just doesn't seem like they've got any kind of direction. It doesn't seem like any of those players are even interested in this season at this point. Like. It just feels like a total tank job where nobody is playing that hard. Nobody is taking things seriously. And Russell Wilson just looks like one of the dumbest trades in NFL history mm-hmm. right now. Like he, he he is just not very functional and he'd actually been OK this season. Their defense had been a disaster. But last night going against the Chiefs top defense, you see that he's a barely functional quarterback at this point in his career.
2: Maybe the Jets can trade for him. Uh, if the Broncos are doing this right, they uh, should sell off a lot of these things. But my, I guess my question is, like, will they do that? I know Stephen, you talked about like kind of tanking moves, but you know, is Sean Payton really on board with that? Um, what, maybe, are you, what are you What are you
1: buying though from the Broncos? Like, how how many years has like Jerry Justin Judy been Simmons. on the trade block? I mean, fine. Like, but like my point is, like, the, these assets have lost a lot of you know lust. Yeah, I mean, over you're not the years like throughout this sure. this
2: little mini run but they don't have like a second round pick in 2024 still. So like, you know, I mean, (laughs) whose fault is that? I mean, that's, that's the hilarity of it all, by the way. I think they should. I mean, again, you don't see teams really tank like this, but they should be sellers and should be, you know, selling things off. And I mean, what's, you know, what is left to salvage this season? Um, Trade deadline is in 18 days as we're recording this. So I think it's kind of just about, doing those moves that kind of focus on uh, looking ahead to next year, playing young guys, selling pieces off and uh, that's all you can really hope for and getting that number one overall pick currently uh, second. The the Broncos would be picking Uh, second in the 2024 NFL draft with only the Carolina Panthers. Whose pick is owned by the bears uh, ahead of them at 0 and 5.
1: The problem with the Broncos. Go ahead, Steven.
0: I was just going to say, I also think Sean Payton, like, just has no commitment to anybody on that roster. And I think he's making it like evident. Like last night they activated second-year tight end Greg Dulcich off of IR after he had spent the first part of the season uh on injured reserve due to a hamstring injury. He had one practice, they activated him. He got hurt again, injured the same hamstring last night. It is probably in who knows if that's going to be a lingering thing moving forward. He might have to go back to injured reserve. Like that's the kind of move where you're just like, yeah, I don't really care about any of the players on this roster and I don't really care what we do this season.
1: So, um the problem with Russell Wilson right now, um to kind of get back to that cuz that's where this all starts and ends, right? Like and I mean like the idea that Sean Payton would want to move on from this is hilarious again to me, given that he signed up for this job knowing the circumstances that were involved. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, it's it's not a great thing for the Broncos that like everyone in NFL media is writing about the contract situation for Russell Wilson right now. Um, so I'm sure you both saw this. Uh, Russell Wilson's has a base salary in 2025, or excuse me, has a contract. It's 37 million dollars in 2025 and that becomes guaranteed on the 5th day of the league year in 2024. I mean like it's it's inconceivable. I mean it's really really low odds I would argue for the Broncos to move on from Russell Wilson before 2024 is over. But I mean Brandon like they kind of I, and Russell hasn't been like awful but, I mean, they, they are just in such need of a reset. I, I don't – but you, you can't keep, like, biting the bullet and absorbing dead money and trading away draft capital. Like, they're just sinking further and further into all of this.
2: It doesn't fit their timeline at this point. You, like, good or bad just doesn't – it's not the right fit. Right. Um. So, yeah, I – you know, you're probably going to have to take on a big dead hit, maybe the new biggest one in NFL history, but that's fine. Like, it's not – It's not like, oh, we have to just, you know, some cost fallacy. Like at some point you just have to bite the bullet and try to get anything you can for him and move on. And obviously that's made easier when you can actually turn the page again to that young quarterback prospect you're hopefully getting in the draft this upcoming year. Um, But for now, uh, tough scene. Uh, Like you said, not much redeeming things you can say. Steven, I have one question about Chiefs fans. If – because I think about like
1: if the Cowboys or Eagles were fifteen and zero against the other in recent games, and if their quarterback oh. had never lost, whatever, like it would be, it, it would be discussed all the time, and it would be something that like each fan base would relish in. But the Broncos have been so bad, like my perception is that Chiefs fans just kind of like meh, whatever. Like the Chiefs have actually almost surpassed in my mind the Broncos in like NFL history hierarchy. Like they're almost a, a more Tiffany brand franchise given the recent success in the Mahomes era than the Broncos were. Um, and they're pushing the
0: Broncos further and further down towards the cellar. I think chiefs fans really relish in this because I mean, most of them would remember the Peyton Manning era sure. where he just dominated the chiefs, but it's like, it, it used to be, it was like chiefs and Raiders was the big rivalry. And I think there, this generation of chiefs fan, it's much more chiefs and Broncos than it is chiefs and Raiders because the Raiders have been garbage their entire lives. Oh, so man. the disrespect I, for the chargers is hilarious. It's well, and nobody <laughs> takes the Chargers seriously. So it's a no, real like, no fan
2: base anymore too.
0: Right. Yeah. No. So I, I think chiefs fans really, really uh, celebrate being so dominant over the Broncos and the Broncos fans every year, like, like this is the year to the <laughs> win the afc west and like i saw a clip this morning from uh rasheed rice had a drop earlier in the season though it was a bad one he was wide open would have been a long touchdown dropped it It was like chiefs drafted another wide receiver bus and rasheed rice looked like the best wide receiver on the football field last side for the chiefs um
1: who have like what broncos fans were doing this like what who was the receiver the broncos have drafted that like you would want Brandon. Like right. that's what I'm saying. Like, like you. There's no. Who was the last great player the Broncos drafted? Maybe Justin Simmons. But like before that, like, right. it, are we going all the way back? Like they haven't been like a great drafting team. Like the success that they had in 2015, Peyton Manning was a free agent. Demarcus Ware, T.J. Ward, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Aqib Talib. Like, like they're they're not known for like their scouting department prowess. Probably Brock Osweiler. Oh my gosh! Well, I don't know if you. <laughs> um sun devil great rock
2: Sertan, obviously Sir Tan. It'd be sure Sir
1: Tan. yeah sure but even his shine is like dipping and out man i, I kind of feel for them i didn't watch the steve smith video did you, either of you brandon you said you were at a bar i did i did um, well, I,
2: Yeah, i did watch that before i went out
1: so i haven't seen that but like that's that's it sucks to be there we're like everyone is just lining up to dunk on, on you. you. <laughs> yeah and that's where the broncos are so uh steven we'll give you the final word on the broncos
0: uh, they're just an absolute garbage football team. And so the Chiefs only putting up 19 points is not a concern. It's a division game. They don't take them seriously. Andy Reid was running a practice last night, basically. Mm. Okay. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. I'm free. Pick three presented by DraftKings Sportsbook.
1: Well, we are going to preview all of the week six games um, across the rest of the NFL. Uh, but before we do, we are going to get to our pick three, which is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, Brandon, last week we did the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Um you and I, we both picked legs that were successful. We tried to reason with Steven mm. uh, for picking a leg that failed us two weeks prior where you and I were both successful again. He he peed into the wind last week, Stephen did, <laughs> Brandon. And how did it go? Brandon, I would like you to tell us the result.
2: It didn't work out exactly. Uh, how I don't even know how much it was short. It wasn't by too much, though. It wasn't short by too much, I don't think. But it was I short. Know. I think it was about short by like 26 yards yeah. or so. 281 yards. Yep.
1: Is that 300, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Nope. Okay.
0: So we failed,
1: and we still have yet to hit on the same game parlay, but this is the week. Uh, As far as uh, our success this regular season, Brandon, you and I are both two and three as far as our legs. Steven, Mm -hmm. uh, what a surprise. You are one and four. This week, our same game parlay is structured around the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the New York Jets. Brandon, I will remind everyone that the Jets have never defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in franchise history. Um, You can go first, Brandon. What are you taking and why?
2: Yeah, it's 50 years of history there. 13 games, 13. No, no team in the NFL has another like undefeated streak like that. It's very unique. Anyway, um, I am going with Zach Wilson over on 0.5 interceptions in this game. Zach Wilson has thrown 23 interceptions in 27 games played in his career. It's 26 starts. Um, so He has a history of turning the ball over. I know there's like this idea is playing better recently. Okay, great. I mean, he still has five interceptions in five games this season. All said, Um, I think the Eagles defensive line is going to be able to put pressure on Zach Wilson. Jets offensive line was already kind of shaky and they just lost their starting right tackle. Elijah Vera Tucker, Hassan Reddick is heating up. I wanted to do a prop on him actually, but that was not available in the same game parlay section uh if you go to just the straight bets you could look at uh the over on hassan reddick sacks at 0.75 and i like that because he's going up against jets backup right tackle max mitchell who is has not been good when he's had to play so i think the eagles pass rush is going to pressure zach wilson into um, at least one mistake just one interception that's all you need and i think that's going to hit i think
1: that's smart um good odds Logic, reason, well done, Brandon. Um, you're better at this than some people in the chat. We don't need to you know, name names, point fingers, or anything like that. Um, I'll go next, Stephen, to set you up for the grand finale. Um, I think that all three of our legs work together with one another, which is something we've tried to kind of structure. Um, and so I am taking the under on Jalen Hurts' passing yards at 226 and a half. So 226 or fewer at minus 115. Uh, this isn't. Uh, uh, play on, oh, the Eagles offense is kind of struggling. This is, I i don't think that the Eagles offense will be required to do all too much. Mm-hmm. To your point, Brandon, if Zach Wilson does kind of put the Jets in an early hole, uh, we obviously know the Eagles like to run the ball, uh, including Hurts, but that doesn't affect my passing prop. I just don't think that, you know, it, it's going to be necessary. I think it's going to be a cruise control sort of game. Uh, maybe the score is low, but again, if you get the win, that's all that really matters at this point in time. Uh, for what it's worth, Jalen has gone under this mark three times this season, although his most recent two outings have seen him go over, uh, but again, different circumstances, better quality opponents, no disrespect to the jets. So that's where I'm at. Steven, don't mess this up.
0: <laughs> I think I'm actually playing it safe this week uh, after last week's debacle. Um, I, I think the Eagles, I, I like your passing yards one with Jalen hurts. And that's part of what my leg is. Is just leaning into the run. Like we've seen the Eagles this season when, and I think the Jets specifically, like their pass defense, their pass rush, like all of that stuff is good. Their defense is still really talented. But we've seen that when the Eagles lean on the run game, they're just going to run it down your throat. And there's not really anything you can do about it. So I've got DeAndre Swift over 64 and a half rushing yards, minus 125. Uh, I think that this should be an easy get for him. Uh, We've seen that this Jets defense, although talented, like you can run on them. Isaiah Pacheco had a monster game against them a couple of weeks ago. Like they give up yards on the ground. And so I think this is another game where, If things aren't working in the passing game, Eagles are just going to be like, screw it. We're just going to run the ball the entire time. So I'm banking on a big DeAndre Swift game to to get me back in the win column this week.
1: How about just a a Zach Wilson interception to kind of seal the fate of the game um, with Jalen Hurts well under his passing yardage prop number? Um, And then DeAndre Swift gets the ball to hit the over, and all of us win. That'd be great. Yeah, okay. Amazing. Um, Brandon, our total odds here on this uh are plus three eighty five. What does that mean?
2: So you bet ten dollars and you profit thirty eight dollars and fifty cents. That's nice. it. What else <laughs> do you want me to say? You're meeting your mic because your dog's barking, but I can't like expound upon that. That's you asked me a question, that's the answer. Also, real quick on the other swift, he's averaging eighty six point eight yards per game, so that's well below his average just to be able to hit the uh sixty four point five. So yeah are they still still, dogs still working there
1: <laughs> i was explaining to y'all before we are Stephen before we started recording that um my family and i thank you Bear. we're leaving to austin uh for the weekend because god was playing with the night football so uh it's a hectic it's been a really hectic morning around here both dogs have been um sensing it i think um, that is our same game parlay brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. our pick three segment <laughs> Uh, we are now going to offer all of our picks and uh, discussion and analysis for the Sunday games of week six. We'll offer one sentence, of course, on Monday night football. I should have said, by the way, at the beginning of the episode that earlier in the week, I spoke to new Orleans saints, rookie defensive tackle, Brian. Uh, so we're tacking that episode or that discussion, excuse me, on the end of the episode, Brian's a good dude uh, and was representing a good cause. So hopefully everybody enjoys that conversation. Uh, we'll obviously talk about the saints when we get there. Uh, Steven, I'll be honest with you, I kind of forgot there was another London game this week. Um, three in a row—it's kind of getting a little bit overwhelming. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are technically hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Um, do you have any thoughts? The Titans are four-point underdogs <laughs> across the pond.
0: I'm kind of tired of the London mm. games. I'm that's um, where I was at. Good for you. You said it though, not me. So they're coming. So. Over. I I generally on Sundays, I try to sleep in a little bit, get up, do whatever I need to do and, and get ready for football. But it's like I instinctively knowing that there's a football game at 830 in the morning, I just get up early and I'm like ready for football. And there's nothing I can do about it. It's not like I'm setting an alarm. I just get up and. I'm annoyed about it. And then a couple of weeks ago, if you didn't have ESPN Plus, you couldn't even watch it. So I got up early and couldn't even watch that game because I don't have ESPN Plus. But uh I have zero faith in the Tennessee Titans right now. Like I, I know they're still frisky because of mm. Mike Rabel, but they're just not a very good football team. Derrick Henry isn't having a great year. I know Tajay Spears it, it looks like a nice rookie, but overall they're just they're, they're just not a particularly good football team. And the Ravens have been good, but they haven't been, like, overly impressive. But I think if you watch the Ravens, you're seeing Lamar's kind of stepping into this next evolution where he can run when he has to. He can make plays with his legs when he has to. But he's been really good as a passer this season, despite the fact that the Ravens have had a ton of injuries. So... I like Baltimore here. I, I think they're talented enough, even even coming off of a poor performance against the Steelers, those weird AFC North matchups. Uh, I think they'll get a W this week, and I think they'll cover against the Titans.
1: Brandon, I do want to set you up for a potential icebox. Um, I agree completely with Steven. Steven. Uh, The Titans have potential. They're cute, but I trust the Ravens a lot more, even though they're coming off of a tough loss against the Steelers. Lamar wasn't the problem in that game. I mean, his his pass catchers really, really let him down. But I'm taking the Ravens again. I wanted to give you the floor.
2: I mean, more than one thing can be true. He definitely had an incredible amount of bad luck, and that was tough to see. At the same time, he had what? one drive at the end of the game where he had a chance to go and win and another one where he had a chance to go and tie oh so
1: so and, everyone put him in a position where he had to be completely and totally flawless and perfect and he didn't do that so what a loser
2: okay yeah. well let's widen the sample size here so lamar jackson has an nfl worst 11 turnovers in the fourth quarter or overtime of one score game since the start of 2021 so it's not just like oh so that excludes his mvp season
1: we have we have to specifically draw the line okay so going back to
2: the, the past you know, two plus years. Yeah, that's a that's a decent amount of sample size. Why are we including 2021 and not and, and not slicing that off too? My point is not that he's all to blame. My point is that he is also not zero to blame. That is more than zero to blame. He's not a victim. He's not helpless. He can be better. It, when you're talking about player who like, and his name has come up in the conversation, MVP. Well, maybe an MVP type player delivers on those final drives and is special, and is not just like, well, oh no, couldn't get enough help anyway. Uh, I do think the Ravens will bounce back. The Titans, I would not I would not bet this line because the Titans are weird and I just don't know what to fully make of them. So I wouldn't bet the line. I don't feel comfortable touching it, but I will take the Ravens to win.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. the The Titans every year, it's like you never know what you're going to expect and they can't throw the ball at all. Like they have no pass catchers that are really producing. So I don't every single season. It's like this with. Tennessee Titan and Mike and Mike Vrabel. So I know neither of you would, obviously, um, given the success that the
1: Chiefs and the Eagles have had in recent history. But even as like unsuccessful as the Cowboys have been, I wouldn't trade lives with the Titans. Like I, I recognize that they've had like you know all these moments, whatever, but like it's such a I have to imagine, like frustrating experience to root for this team. Like it's it's like pulling teeth. Um, but whatever. Uh the San Francisco 49ers. Brandon are visiting the Cleveland Browns. The Niners look like the best team in the NFL right now. They are getting 10 points on the road. It remains to be seen whether or not Deshaun Watson will play in this game. It looks doubtful. The line certainly, I mean, the line would be huge no matter what, but um, it it looks like San Francisco is going to be in an advantageous spot to get to
2: 6-0. Yeah, I am going to take the 49ers. I know they're coming off that big win, emotional maybe, off the Cowboys blowing them out. And I know the Browns defense is really good. But uh, so I I actually will be interested to see this matchup from that perspective. If there is a defense that's had a chance of slowing the 49ers offense down so far this year, it would be them. Now, the problem is the Browns offense is not in a good spot. So, um, you know, that's obviously going to be helping the 49ers. I'll take the 49ers to win in cover. But I am intrigued by the matchup in theory.
0: Yeah, I think this is an easy 49ers win like the Browns defense has legitimately been special this season, but their offense is awful. Um, And there's something weird going on with Deshaun Watson. Like he's got the shoulder thing right now, didn't play last week. And it their responses on him have been really weird where they're like, well, he practiced and we kind of expected him to play, but now he's not available and he's not playing and it, it, it's just all bad on the offensive side of the ball for Cleveland. And so at the end of the day, San Francisco is just much more talented across the board. And we know like Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, CMC, like they're all just inevitable. And so even though the Browns defense is awesome, the 49ers will eventually rip off big plays and score and Cleveland's just not going to be able to keep up whether Deshaun Watson's in the game or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that Cleveland can hang with them a bit on when they're on defense, but I mean at a certain point it's just going to be overwhelming especially if nothing is happening on offense for Cleveland it's just the dam will break um I think it's stupid that the Browns haven't said this is the biggest game in the regular season history for them I mean that's clearly an effective strategy against the Niners so um silly of them to not employ that themselves uh clean sweep for us taking San Francisco the Miami Dolphins Stephen are laying 13 and a half points at home against the Carolina Panthers uh Frank Reich kind of with a bad scene this week coming out and sort of pointing fingers at David Tepper uh, from meddling. That's my word, not his. Um, the Panthers are, I don't know that the Panthers are interesting enough for us to care when they're down bad, Stephen, but they're kind of down bad.
0: So I wanted to believe that Frank Reich was a good head coach who got dealt a bad hand in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And people forget this- how that started, by the way, to your point. Like that was the
1: Josh McDaniels, you know, about face. So to your point. Yeah.
0: And I wanted to believe that he just got dealt a bad situation there and that he could turn things around in Carolina and he gets this young quarterback who he's got another chance to develop this guy. And I understand that the Panthers had a bad roster to begin with. They were never going to be like lights out this season and be a super competitive football team, but he knew what he was getting into. Like, I don't work for the Panthers. And I know that David Tepper likes to be involved and likes to meddle. Like we, we know that about him as an owner. So for him to come out and say that and kind of hint around the fact, like he didn't want Bryce young, like he wanted CJ Stroud or something. I think that's bogus. And that's a a big loser energy, like approach from Frank Reich. So, and obviously I've been picking against the Panthers like crazy (laughs) this season because they're that bad. Like, they're just not a good football team. The Dolphins are the most explosive offense in all of the NFL. And even though Devon A. Chain had to go to IR this week, huge bummer for my fantasy team. They still have Tyreek Hill. They still have Jalen Waddle. They still have Raheem Mostert. Like, they're going to absolutely dominate the Panthers. So I'll, I'll take the Dolphins with the points. And I, I think it's just going to be another blowout for my answer.
2: Is the Texan situation, like, that much worse? Or that much better, I should say, than what the Panthers have going on. Do you guys feel that way? But when you say
1: situation like, like the supporting roster, cast
2: regarding oh, a, around the quarterback,
1: I would say, I mean, I obviously like it, but I would say it was worse. I mean,
2: it was objectively worse,
1: right? Like, I mean, the so, Texans finished, you know, worse off and had a higher draft pick than the Panthers. I mean, granted, the Panthers dealt away DJ more, but still.
2: So I'm not saying just because Bryce, or uh, yeah, Bryce Young isn't a um you know mv can't isn't like mvp you know like all-star from the jump means he's definitely bad but i mean i don't think cj Stroud's success is an irrelevant measuring point when you're comparing those two so and also i think the fact that he's so tiny is also not irrelevant um i haven't seen enough bryce young to really be in on him or not or to have like a great feel for him yet. But I am my antenna have been raised, and I'm I'm worried about how there hasn't been more progress so far. And uh I'm willing to bet against him and willing to bet against the Panthers and the Dolphins are a pretty much unstoppable scoring machine. I know they lost um A Chan, right? Devin Devon. Is it what's how what is the pronunciation for this? I've seen
0: I base. think it's Devon a Chan mm-hmm. and everybody was saying a chain and then he said it's a Chan actually.
2: Mm-hmm. We're just like uh, ignoring the E at the end silent silently. Uh, yeah. I mean, even without that, Raheem Mostert, I mean the, the system, the system is going to have them. They're breaking the NFL. His this broke what the record for yards generated in the five games uh, to start the season. So yeah, the dolphins are capable of moving the ball and scoring points. And that's exactly what they'll do here.
1: Uh, just a few quick things for me. One, I agree with everything you said on the Panthers. Um, they are on bye after this game, and then they get the Texans. And if they get mm. run over by the Texans after a bye week to prepare, um, then is the time where I think it's allowable to have a hard take. You know, like we're all kind of like firm, but still somewhat like malleable takes, but you can have a hard one if they lose to the Texans coming off their bye. Um, I agree with you um, both. Again, I'm taking the Dolphins. Um, like, 13 and a half isn't even scary for this team. You know what I mean? Like I recognize it's the Panthers, but like they're just that good. If the Dolphins reverted to their old logo, they would be my second favorite team in the NFL. Like mm. I, I, would, I would enjoy everything about them. I just that that is what's holding me back uh, from really investing emotionally. Uh finally, um I heard Greg Rosenthal talk about this on the Around the NFL podcast. Um the thing you mentioned, Brandon, the first 5 weeks thing. He said that that's not a record, that that's a statistic. And, and there was some pushback on that. So I wanted to get y'all's thoughts. Do you think that's a record or
2: a statistic? You mean no. And so no one else has done it before, right? Or, right. So they no have the else... most
1: total yards through the first five weeks of a season. They surpassed the greatest show on turf last week um
0: so, so that that was, he's saying it's it's not a record because five games shouldn't be a measurement like I, yeah he was like it's a statistic he was like we don't need to call it a record like nobody
1: is ever like wondering who did this you know what i mean it's a cool statistic but it's not a record i kind of agree with it it was an interesting delineation between those two words
2: i think i agree with that um, no i disagree <laughs> well it's a franchise record right at least is that not, uh, is it not a franchise record? It's a franchise statistic is what you're going to say. I,
1: just, I mean, but, but like, it would likely be a franchise record this week too. Even, you know what I mean? Like, so like, I mean.
0: It's just no. nobody's ever going to be in 10 years. Nobody's ever going to be like, remember that 2023 season where the Dolphins had more yards <laughs> through five games <laughs> than any team in NFL history.
2: Hmm. They do this on uh, New Heights with, you know, Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, where they talk about LeBron stats, where it's like kind of like arbitrary. And it's like it's really impressive stuff, but it's like an arbitrary kind of timeline or like number. Like they use the example of like Jalen Hurts is the first player with at least uh, or with 30 plus touchdowns in his first 50 games. So I don't know. See, but that's also
1: I don't know that that's a record, but like that's closer to a record in my mind than this um mm. you know but yeah like um it, it right, feels s- like shout, actually funny enough shout out to stats um he would say about patrick mahomes he would say like we don't have to invent new things like to exemplify his greatness like that this feels like if we're calling it a record it feels like we're really reaching and we just well, said
2: he meant that in terms of like statistical context how dare you try for to speak context? For stats? I mean, uh-huh. he meant it in terms of, like, the trying... People literally trying to, like, twist themselves into a pretzel to, like, make things even more impressive than they were or whatever. Well, he beat the Eagles
1: in the Super Bowl, so it was super impressive. Uh, Steven, let's move on. Um, the Seahawks' uh, fellow Green Birds, will visit the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. The Bengals are getting a true home field advantage of three points. This is a tight game, I think.
0: Yeah, and I, I feel like I owe... Joe Burrow, an apology, because last week I was just kind of like, yeah, oh, now all of a sudden the calf is healthy and he's good to go. And then he balled out last week and looked good. And then this week he's like, I'm the closest to 100%. I've been all year. And now it's hard not to just be like back in on the Bengals now because you just assume that as long as Burrow's good, as long as Jamar Chase is good, they're going to find ways to make explosive plays and they're going to be a functional offense again and the defense will be you know, good enough to make an impact. And I, I do think this is a tight game and, and I'm interested to see how the Seahawks play. I just feel like I've been kind of underwhelmed overall by the Seahawks this season mm. at times. So I, I think I'm going to take the Bengals here uh, at home. I think I'm going to take them with the points and I, I'm buying into the fact that Joe Burrow looks healthy and can actually throw down the football field again. So I th- I do think it's going to be a close game, but I think Cincinnati pulls it off. Why
2: don't you go RJ?
1: Uh, well, Stephen shared,
0: by the way, in our chat
1: that this just happened in real time for us. Deshaun Watson was ruled mm-hmm. out of uh, the Niners game. So, I mean, everything we said stands. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying the Bengals need to prove it. Um, but I'm I'm still a little teeny bit tentative. Um, the, the first few weeks were really scary. Um, so they've certainly earned the benefit of the doubt in an overall sense. But I would like to see it again. Um, I'll take the Seahawks. Here, I'm I'm willing I'm willing to kind of believe a little bit coming off the buy, like it, it just kind of feels like a right opportunity for the Seahawks. We see them show up for stuff like this. I'll take Seattle.
2: I like Seattle here too. i me mean, especially get. I'll take the points in this situation. I look, I it's, I, I like the Bengals a lot. I'm not even nothing against them. I just think that Seattle's in a spot here where they're they're coming off of playing. When did they play last? Two weeks uh, ago. Yeah. So and they're it was, coming off of Monday Night Football
1: right? when they beat the Giants.
2: Yep, they're coming off their bye. They're rested. I think they have the cornerbacks to match the Bengals receiving talent. And Devin Weatherspoon was obviously awesome in his last game, um, playmaker. I do think the Seahawks... Um, you know, they, they were the only team, right, to beat the Lions this year. Like, and that was in Detroit. So I've seen them win on the road. I, I've seen, they just I know the Giants aren't really impressive, but they won there. Um, I, I believe in them. I think they can, at the very least, you know, make this a very close game and cover, and I'll take them to win outright. Steven, that means something very important about you. Fun fact about the ice
0: box winter is
1: coming. I'm in the ice box. Funny enough, the first icebox of the week is uh, you with Joe Burrow. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. That was hilarious. I know y'all think that was a great job by me. Uh, Let's move on. The Indianapolis Colts, the Anthony Richardson Indianapolis Colts, Brandon, are visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. uh, Jacksonville laying four points at home. An opportunity for revenge for Gardner Minshew. Um, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take the Jaguars. I'll just be straight up about this. I I actually was really impressed with Shane Steichen last week, but I I think the Jaguars are kind of starting to round into form a little bit here, and I don't want to bet against them, especially on the Colts of all teams. I f-
2: I'm, I forget what the streak is if it's still. I think the last time the Colts won in Jacksonville was twenty fourteen. Like it's been a long time. They typically just do not play well down there in Duval County. Uh, Jags really impressive win. Over the Bills last week in London. They're back uh, in the United States of America. (laughs) And I think that Doug Peterson will lead his team to a win over a Colts team. That's been plucky this year. And I think they've certainly, you know, they're performing, outperforming expectations. I think Gardner, um, I don't think the Colts are going to be a joke in this game. I think they've been pretty competitive all year. But I do think the Jags are kind of figuring things out a little bit. Uh, as tends to happen in a doug peterson season slower starts t- start to kind of figure it out a little bit more as the season goes along and i will take the jags to win and cover
0: i think i'm in the same boat i i don't i'm not totally bought into the jags just yet i don't know what matchup wise they have against the buffalo bills because like even a couple of years ago when they were the worst team in football and they have that nine to six win against buffalo or whatever like there's just something that they have matchup wise on the Buffalo bills that were a better Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. And I think Josh Allen had a monster game in that, in that one too, but it's, I, I still think Jacksonville is still trying to figure some things out. Like I'm not totally so like, I would not be shocked if this game winds up being way closer than it should be. Cause I think Jacksonville is clearly the more talented team, especially with Gardner Minshew in there. But Gardner can be a functional quarterback in the NFL. So uh, I, I think that this might wind up being a close game, but Jacksonville inevitab- inevitably pulls away and easily covers the four points. I'll take the Jags too. Clean sweep. All
1: right. The Minnesota Vikings are uh, reeling and coming off another loss, um, dealing with all the Kirk Cousins trade talk discussion. They are visiting the Windy City. Stephen, the Bears laying three points at home, coming off the mini buy. Their first win of the season um, kind of an emotional thing, obviously. The big Justin Fields DJ Moore performance. Imagine not starting DJ Moore in fantasy last week. Did you win, by the way, Steven?
0: No, I, oh, lost. I lost my four points. Oh, god. 12. Um, but you get to go first here. <laughs> so, had to, had to play Romeo Dobbs, and Jordan Love was just absolutely awful last week. Um, I think I'm gonna take the Bears here. Um, and I want to make it clear if Justin Jefferson was available in this game for the Minnesota Vikings, I would take the Vikings here and and I I would think that Justin Jefferson would have an absolute monster game, but going Justin Jefferson to KJ Osborne uh, is quite the downgrade and I know Jordan Addison has looked really talented and he's an interesting player, but he's also been a little bit banged up in practice this week. And I, I just think that the bears coming off that extended break from Thursday night football, they're playing well right now. And i am certainly not bought into Chicago and what Justin Fields has put together in the last two games. But I think right now they've just got, they're kind of humming offensively and they've got a little bit more talent and it's at home in, in a close game. And I just don't know what to expect from Kirk cousins with no Justin Jefferson in this offense moving forward. So until I see it, I, I don't really feel comfortable picking the Vikings, so I, I'm going to go with the Bears here.
2: I, I'm going to take the Bears to win. I, I'm happy that that's all I got to hear uh, with regards <laughs>
1: to this game. <laughs> so um, I thought about not doing this because Brandon was nodding with a lot of what you were saying. So it's kind of going to let him throw some flowers at, at Justin Fields, which he effectively did. Um, you know, it's nice to know that Brandon agrees that Justin Fields is a. A functional and capable and very good NFL quarterback. I don't want to go on the icebox for the Vikings. Although it would be kind of appropriate because, you know, it's like a cold, you know, locale. Uh, but I can't, I'm sorry. I just, I really can't. And I would like to see the bears, you know, take another step forward. So I'll take the bears, Um, especially if I'm getting points at home. I think that's you know, the logic that we're all sharing. Uh, let's move on. Um, Brandon, uh, you can speak again. The Washington commanders are visiting the Atlanta Falcons, the Taylor Heineke revenge game, Atlanta laying <laughs> two and a half points at home. So not even getting the full three points. Um, The commanders coming off of that embarrassing Thursday night football loss, Um, this is a gross game,
2: yeah. Another game I would not touch this line. I don't trust the Falcons at all, but at the same time, I think it's possible that the commanders are in a spot where they've a head coach who's kind of you know dead man walking here. And I don't know how much the players in turn are you know super motivated. I don't know that it's like, hey, we're coming off this tough loss, but we're gonna rebound. Like, I don't know if they care as much as they would you know in a different situation not saying they don't care at all they're obviously professionals they want to you know go out and perform but i just don't know if this commanders team has any juice right now and really it's not really about who i believe in more it's who i believe in less here and i think i just believe in the commanders less so i'll take the falcons uh when it's 50 50 coin flip for me i'll decide with the home team
0: I think I have to go with Atlanta here too. And it's not because I believe in Desmond Ritter or Arthur Smith really, but I believe in Bijan Robinson. And I think this is a good matchup for him. We saw the commander's secondary get absolutely roasted last week. And while the Falcons don't throw the ball, and uh and, and like I don't trust how they're gonna utilize Drake London and Kyle Pitts on a weekly basis. I I just feel like they've shown a little bit more consistency this season, at least. And the Falcons defense has actually been okay this year. Their secondary has got some pretty talented players. So I I just don't have faith in Sam Howell and the Commanders. Sam Howell is putting up stats and like and padding his numbers a little bit. But he eats so many sacks every single week. I, I just have no faith in Washington at all right now. So I'll take Atlanta as well.
1: Um, one of my favorite bits, and Brandon knows this from the mixtape, is the Taylor Heineke Jordan's thing. Um, so I'm really sad that he doesn't have a chance to get this one, like these colors. Because well, you don't know that. What if I, uh, I don't know his rules? Like, like you know, Winter like gets if he hurt. Let's well, if he comes in like at halftime, does it does it count the same for him? You know what I mean? Like, I think so. We can get one at that point. You can get one of the two. <laughs> <teams>. <laughs> um, yeah, I do not feel comfortable leaning with Washington after what we saw last week it would be hilarious if this was like a Kyle Pitts game right like he had like eight catches for like 203 yards and like three touchdowns or something like that um I'm not saying I believe in that either but I definitely believe in the commanders a lot less so I'll take Atlanta the New Orleans Saints are in Houston um really really bad beat for me last week um (laughs) uh, against Atlanta Um, Houston, uh, was getting one and a half and I took that and that's what they're getting this week, actually, although it's at home against the saints, I'll take them. I, I just, I don't believe in the saints at all. Um, and I think there are some things there that I don't totally hate. Um, but I could totally see the CJ Stroud thing continuing to to roll and move. I mean, I believe in their offense a lot more than I believe in what Derek Carr has to offer. And and so ultimately again, getting points at home, this feels kind of bears Vikings ish to me. Uh, I'm taking the Texans team.
0: I don't know how I feel about this game. I, I think the saints are probably the more talented team right now, at least on the defensive side of the ball. And they're coming off that win against the Patriots, but Derek Carr still hasn't looked good. Like C.J. Stroud, I know they lost last week, but he did have some nice moments and and kept them close in that game. And He had the drive where he gave them the lead. That was a really impressive drive. And and I think the Texans' defense has actually been legitimately impressive at times this season. Like D'Amico Ryans is doing a really good job. So, like, I'm bought into Houston moving forward and and the future there, and and I want to see them kind of succeed because I really like C.J. Stroud as a player. I just think ultimately the saints are, are just uh, a much more experienced team that seems to find a way to kind of win games like this and, and not lose to a team that's still trying to build things up like the Houston Texans. So I, I guess I'll, I'll lean with the saints and take the points here just because uh, I, it feels like a, a tight game, but it feels like a kind of game that the saints inevitably win. Ben, mm. in for one of us in,
2: uh, I'm going to predict a tie. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> to not give anyone the satisfaction uh i'm looking at the saint's schedule here and it's it's, it's to... all
1: easy like that was why we steven and i did an episode in the off season that you missed and i think we were like yeah we could totally see like 13 wins for them
2: well it's also like one point win over the titans at home three point win you the past schedule right yeah one point win over the or sorry lost to the packers and they got beat soundly by the bucks and then and that out that
1: packers wins. loss was what like a 17 point yeah, they were they up blew? and they yeah. blew
2: it. Yeah. I just like, I don't know, man. I, I, it's tough because I kind of want to just bet on the quarterback, and obviously, I think you would have to ride with CJ Stroud, especially if you're getting a point and a half. kind of like that, yeah, you know, at home. So I guess I will ultimately do that, but I don't feel I don't feel great about it. Steven. Sorry, Steven. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. A
1: burr! I'm in the icebox. Never gets old. Um, The New England Patriots look like one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they will be Mm. in Las Vegas this week. A true uh, home field advantage the Raiders are getting. Thank you, Bear. Three points. I'll make this simple. I'll make it cut and dry. The Patriots have scored three points in their last two games. I do not think they will score many more. I'm locking up the Raiders as bold as that feels. Um, I don't trust them at all, but I just think the Patriots are that bad.
2: There's some really bad games on the schedule this week early, like not juice-filled games. And here's another one. Um, This isn't going to be like last year, where uh, I'm, I'm sure the Patriots just give the Raiders a touchdown at the end of the game. But uh, the Raiders will not need that to win this time. I agree with you. I mean, there's just how could you possibly take the Patriots right now? How could you? Like, there's no – they look awful. They're terrible. Another team that kind of looks checked out, uh, I will take the Raiders, who are also bad, but are less bad. Who's better coached
1: in between these two teams? I I, I still think it's the Patriots, but they've got <laughs> a lot of injuries right now. You also yeah. really hate Josh McDaniels, um, like yeah. more more than
0: <laughs> more yeah, than a, either of us. Um, okay, Stephen, are you jumping in? Are you siding with well, us? Look, I'm going to take the Raiders here, and I, I think. Normally, if it wasn't for the injuries that the Patriots have on the defensive side of the ball, I would totally pick the Patriots here and be like, This is a total Bill Belichick game where their defense is going to play really well and maybe, you know, get a pick six or something off of Jimmy G, who's thrown a ton of interceptions this season. And so it would be like that kind of game for the Patriots where. Their offense still looks terrible, but the defense plays so well that they wind up winning the game for them. Like we've seen Bill Belichick do that so many times over the years, but they have so many injuries on that side of the ball. Like it just feels like the Patriots are kind of unraveling here and they can't do anything offensively. And you know, Max Crosby should be all in the backfield like all, all day long. So I, I think I have to go with the Raiders here, even though I hate picking them in any scenario.
1: Yeah, I do think that this is the like new... Like, Two weeks ago was a pretty low point. Worst loss in Bill Belichick's career. Last week, new low point. Worst loss at home in Bill Belichick's career. Losing to Josh McDaniels when their team looks bad would be a different kind of low point. Thank you, Bear. Uh, he's passionate about my lock. Brandon, the Eagles are facing the Jets, as we mentioned. That was our pick three game. The Jets are getting seven points at home. I saw uh, about a minute ago as we are recording that Sauce Gardner are not at practice right now. Oh, well. Um. Well, apparently he's, fe- apparently he's not. Apparently not feeling well. So it okay. might not, it might just be like a temporary thing. Obviously. Sure. Um. But um. Eagles are finding ways to win. The Jets coming off of a win. Jets have been cute, but we, we use the word plucky a lot. Maybe not plucky. They've been cute. It's, but it's it's hard to really believe in, especially against a team like this.
2: They haven't been a joke. They haven't been like a cakewalk for anyone, right? except for pretty much the Cowboys. Although that game, again, was tied at half, or was one score, not tied, one score game at halftime. So it was at least competitive for a bit um, before things kind of went awry there. Yeah, uh, I don't love that Jalen Carter might miss this game, apparently. That popped up in the, uh, randomly, just on the injury report this week. So we'll have to see what his final status is. Darius Slay also looks like he's trending to be out towards this game. Um, All that said, I still think the Eagles have enough here to, again, get to Zach Wilson, pressure him, force him into some mistakes. I think the Eagles offense, which has been making progress and I feel better about, could have some issues from a standpoint of the Jets have a really strong defensive front, and I don't think it'll just be like a cakewalk for the offense marching down the field all game long. But like you guys said, even when the Eagles go up against like a top-ranked run defense, it doesn't matter. Like They still have their way with those kind of defenses. They're just that good at running the ball. So I think ultimately they'll be able to score enough, and I think that um, why would you – say this is the time that the Eagles are finally going to lose to the Jets for the first time ever. Uh, I don't see it. I think the Eagles are turning in the right direction, even with the injury issues happening here. I think they win this game, and I think there's enough uh, turnover uh, favor going in their way from Zach Wilson to be able to cover the spread as well. And I should mention – I mentioned these stats last week, but they improved Eagles – now 13 and one as road favorites under Nick Sirianni straight up and they advanced to seven and seven against the spread in those scenarios.
0: Yeah. I think this is a win for the Eagles and uh the jets ha- have been more interesting than I think we thought they would be with Zach Wilson, but ultimately exactly what BLG said. And that's why it's part of my pick three leg. Like, I just think the Eagles in tough matchups like this just say, all right, well, we're just going to run the ball until you can stop it. And so I expect a lot of that. And I expect the Eagles to just be able to put up point enough points to get a win, even in a tough matchup against a tough Jets defense. So I'll take the Eagles. This
1: kicks off a four-week stretch for the Jets. Are at home. They're on their bye next week. Um, and the this game's obviously at home for them. They're on their bye, and then they visit the Giants. Um, obviously that's at MetLife, and then they host the Chargers. I think they're taking two of these three games, but I'm I'm inclined to think that they're the two after the bye if they do make some sort of change or adjustment. Um, again, I I would like to believe in. I, again, I I find them to be. I, I would just love to see this like click a little bit, like give them a little bit of grace, but it's just so hard to imagine it's coming this week. The seven points make me want to at least take that. Uh, but I just have no reason to not pick against or, or to pick against Philly in that capacity. So um, I'll take the Eagles and lay the points. Um, the Cardinals are visiting the Rams. Brandon, the Rams are seven point favorites. Everybody loves the Cardinals Rams matchups of the NFC West. These are actually the ones that like nobody cares about. People are interested in Rams Seahawks, Rams Niners Seahawks Niners. but Rams Cardinals doesn't have a lot of juice.
2: Matthew Stafford is going to carve up that secondary with Puka Naku'a and Cooper cup at his disposal. I feel pretty good about this one. Cardinals had that cute start, but since then have been a little bit more of the Cardinals that everyone expected them to see, uh, especially on defense there. So I will take the Rams to win and cover.
0: Yeah, I think this is an easy Rams win. the Cardinals secondary has been one of the worst in the NFL so far this season. And Stafford's playing really really well. And so now that Cups yep. back, Puka is still heavily involved in the offense looking like a playmaker. I think that the Rams are just going to pass all over the Cardinals. So I think this is an easy win for the Rams.
1: I'm with you both. Um I think the Rams are maybe I think we had reason to doubt uh but I think like come December we might be like that was the team that was hiding a bit in plain sight that we we jumped to some harsh conclusions about um you know, they did win the Super Bowl two years ago. Again, it was nobody really cared, but it did happen at least. So, um, I guess. yeah, uh, I'll take the Rams. Uh, this game was flexed into the afternoon slot. Brandon, the Detroit Lions uh, now getting the big boy treatment. They are visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are now you're an afternoon team, baby. That's when you become really, really, really interesting. Three point favorites on the road. The Lions are as they head down to my house. Um, Raymond James Stadium's Twitter handle is at RJ Stadium.
2: Boo. This is my lock of the week. I'm taking the Lions, locking them up. The when the Eagles played the Buccaneers, Eagles just had their way with that Bucks defense. Their offensive line, Lions obviously also have a strong front. I think the Lions are going to be able to run the ball. Also, um, Lions have one of the best run defenses in the NFL, and I think they're going to be able to shut down what's not even a very good at all Bucks rushing attack and make the Bucks very one dimensional in terms of being able, having to pass the ball. Uh, and that will allow Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions pass rush to get after Baker, pressure him into some mistakes. The line's a little fishy here because I feel like it should be more. I know it's an away game, but, like, Lions have been really good. They're looking good. Uh, I Ben Johnson very much. Um, I mean, RJ talked about it. We talked about it in the mixtape, Just like a lock, you know, to be a head coach. Very exciting stuff going on there. I think he can flummox Todd Bowles, who is a good defensive mind, but not good enough to stop the Lions offense right now. Uh, I feel very confident about the Lions winning this game and covering only a three point spread.
0: I'm going to take the Lions. And uh, I feel like some of the reason this is so close to is just because the Lions are a little bit banged up right now. But Amon Ross St. Brown, who missed last week, returned to practice this week, seems like he's going to be good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jameer Gibbs might not be available. It doesn't matter because they're just going to give 25 carries mm-hmm. to David Montgomery. And. I think even though they're a little bit banged up, I think the Lions are just the better team. Sam Laporte also missed practice yesterday. So that's something to monitor uh, on Friday's practice, see if he's able to give it a go. But I just think the Lions are ultimately the much more talented team. Even though Baker's actually been okay this season for the Bucks, I, I just think the Lions will get it done. So I'll go with Detroit
1: um i had forgotten that you locked this game up brandon so when i was typing the lines out i was like oh this is an easy lock of the week and then i went and yeah. was checking the message i was like oh well blg locked it up um super easy i'm taking the lines i have i feel like already atoned i'm sorry that i didn't believe in the lines although to be fair i hated that everyone believed in it that was really what was driving me against it so i was trying to zag when everyone was zigging. um they're a lot of fun and people i think overuse the term team of destiny I don't feel that way about the Lions, but they're like a team of joy. Like, there's there's so much fun to be had here, um, and it just kind of feels like they'll have fun and find a way. Like, could this not be like a Jamison Williams, like 86-yard touchdown kind of week, like with the other questions, you know, at other places? So um, I'll take the Lions, and I feel really good about it. And I'm happy that they're getting flexed for the afternoon because it makes the the day a little bit nicer. Uh the night of football, Steven. Um, Daniel Jones is out. All right, the fact that we have to watch the Giants again in primetime is awful enough. Um, <laughs> all due respect to Gerard Taylor, this game has now gotten worse. Um, so, when I wrote this down, the um, odds were Buffalo as 14 and a half point favorites at home. Coming, It's hard to come off of a loss and then be 14 and a half point favorites. Um, although the Broncos came off allowing 70 points. And we're yep. <laughs> setting the stage.
0: I'll take the Bills, though, Steven. Yeah, this is actually my lock of the week. And that was before I knew Daniel Jones wasn't going to play in this game. But that's just how bad the Giants have been offensively. And the Bills have a lot of injuries on defense right now. So that's something to monitor moving forward. But that doesn't matter in this game at all. The Josh Allen's just going to absolutely decimate the Giants defense. And they're going to demolish that Giants offensive line. So I think this is an easy monster win for the Bills.
2: RJ can't talk, of course, but I feel like he would probably agree with me in that if you're a fan of the Cowboys, in his case, or the Eagles, in my case, that you're rooting for the Giants to win this game because it'd be very funny if Tyrod Taylor like led them to victory and then there's like a quarterback controversy brewing and also from a standpoint of the worst thing that can happen if you are a team or someone that is rooting against the Giants and their long-term success is that if they actually end up with the number one overall pick somehow and get Caleb Williams and are able to pivot out of Daniel Jones, like that's the worst case scenario. So I would love for the Giants to pick up a meaningless win here um, where plenty more losses will be on the way for them. And to do it in a fashion where Tyrod comes in and is, again, kind of creates some, some discussion, some controversy. I would love to see that, but I do not think that is the most likely scenario. I could see maybe he's a little frisky. Maybe the Giants. Uh, maybe because of his mobility. I know Daniel Jones can run around too, but maybe um, he, <laughs> I'm. I'm really talking myself into this, even though it's not likely. I'm not going to do it, and also I'm You not zapped me
1: for talking too long, by the way.
2: <laughs> just so we're you clear. can't. You can't talk. You're zapped. Anyway, uh, I could see it's conceivable to me that the Giants could cover the spread, but I'm too much of a coward to do it. It's a big number, and I will take the Bills to cover and win.
1: Don't you hate when people say it's a big number? <laughs> that
2: was the bit.
1: Yes, it didn't sound like a bit. It sounded serious and authentic. So um, you did a horrible well, job. That's of just conveying. how I talk. Um, we have one final game left, but it is Monday Night Football. The rules are only one sentence. The Dallas Cowboys getting
2: or laying two points. I think we can get meet. into this one. We did more than a sentence when we did like the Eagles game in Monday Night Football. I think the the mon- the one uh, line thing is more of about like a matchup we don't really care about. So it's convenient, is what you're saying. Well, I mean, like, people want to hear your Cowboys take it. That's really a nice thing to say to me.
1: So, um, okay, (laughs) the Dallas Cowboys are uh, laying two points on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. I imagine there will be a lot of Cowboys fans there, uh, partly because they travel, but probably because nobody cares about the Chargers, to your point earlier, Brandon. It is the Kellen Moore rematch, um, and Dallas obviously coming off the shellacking that they took. Last week on Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys have their bye. After this, as mentioned, the Chargers are coming off their bye. I'll give you the floor first, B.L.C.
2: Hmm. I really would love for the Chargers to win this game. I think it would be. I mean, can you imagine the scenario where the Cowboys get blown out by the 49ers? I
1: have spent all week long scenario
2: (laughs) like this is like this but this is a really can you
1: imagine this super predictable thing Uh, this is
2: a terrible look for mike mccarthy if you go out and you what do what happened against the niners which happened and then lose to the guy you fired and also like the chargers have a big offensive performance against your defense so really tenuous times for mike mccarthy why would that
1: not be a bad look for dan quinn I mean, like, like I'm not, I'm not at all trying to like say. Well, Michael it would McCarthy, be for him too, but, but I'm no, saying nobody that, comes for Dan Quinn. No, like that's that's a, a point.
2: I'm of not contention. saying it wouldn't be a bad look for him, but I mean, who was the did Dan Quinn decide to fire Kellen Moore?
1: No, but
2: okay. I mean, well, that's but, a big but, factor but, but because people the offense say that looks Dan, worse now.
1: People say that Dan Quinn's defense is the best, and Dan Quinn's untouchable, and Dan Quinn walks on water. So it's like, okay, well,
2: if I'm not, know, why can't that. you
1: shut down? Again, I'm not saying don't come for Mike McCarthy. I'm saying come for Dan Quinn in, in the respect that makes sense. That's all. Well, he
2: would also deserve blame. Yes. But I mean, if <laughs> I would more point it at if Kellen Moore is doing well, I'd also point it at the guy who got rid of him. And even though that the Cowboys ranked highly in like EPA and all these offensive metrics, and really when you got rid of him, there's probably likely only room to go down from that standpoint, um, what certainly the Cowboys have been doing. So could be a mistake, but uh, I cannot possibly give the chargers the benefit of the doubt. They have just not earned that at all. Cowboys actually have done that more this year, even though they're coming off a bad loss, they've been able to obviously beat some teams and beat them badly. So um, two point spread is if you think the Cowboys are going to win, they're obviously going to cover because that's not, first of all, it's only two points and in their wins, they beat the crap out of teams. So it's a matter of if you think they're going to win or not. And the Chargers have all lost all right to benefit of the doubt. So I will take the Cowboys to win. I
0: think there's two things that are guaranteed in this game. Questionable coaching decisions on both sides. (laughs) And the Chargers ultimately making it close in the fourth quarter for whatever reason, wh- whichever way they want. It's going to be weird and it'll end weird. I think I'm going to go with the Chargers in this game, though, Ooh. and it's specifically because of Kellen Moore. I think he spent the buy, like the entirety <laughs> of the buy, probably just installing things specifically to try to beat the Cowboys and. Uh, Justin Herbert's playing really well right now, even though they're shorthanded without Mike Williams. I, I just, I, I think the Chargers are going to be ready to go, so I'm, I'm going to roll with them this
1: week. Um, I don't know if I said this on the mixtape, Brandon, but um, so Leighton Vander has been placed on injured reserve. Um, this week the Cowboys signed Rashawn Evans, who actually went three picks after Leighton in the 2018 draft to the Titans, the former Eagle, right. Um, and um. It, interestingly, I, I find this to be interesting. It was a game in, against the Chargers on the road two years ago uh, in Week Two when Demarcus Lawrence had been hurt and the Cowboys had to commit to Micah Parsons rushing the passer full time that unlocked where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a road game against the Chargers where Dallas might have to move Micah back to play some more <laughs> off-ball linebacker. Just mistake. I mean, well, I don't know that it's a mistake because mistake. teams are teams are finding ways to neutralize Micah Parsons as a pass rusher. Um, mm-hmm. He had a he had a streak of eight games with five pressures broken last week, he did not gain a single pressure against Trent Williams. And like, you know, not that well, that's anything to be like you know, yeah. devastated by, but I mean, still. Um, And so I'm, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Um, I maintain that they're a good team, a very good team. Even they will be a playoff team. They'll win double digit games. The, the bigger goal is still, you know, I think on thin ice based on what happened last week. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely can't trust the chargers here for what it's worth. um, When I talked to Michael Peterson from SB nations bolts from the blue, he said that he does not think that Kellen Moore is going to have a high level of success against the Cowboys. So um, (laughs) I mean, but you know, he's a Chargers fan and he's conditioned to kind of think that way. So um, this is going to be a stressful day for me personally, because early in the day, the Astros host the Rangers in game two of the alcs and i obviously have a lot of dallas fort worth followers um and so it's not cool <laughs> being against them uh in a series of such magnitude uh the way i was up against philadelphia fans last year in the world series but i'm built for this so um you know let's go uh anything else anybody have anything before we get to brian mcdgif steven give us something you promised to do over the weekend and then we'll, we'll get to brian uh laundry <laughs> Very pleased not to be joined here on the SB Nation NFL show by the one and only, the legendary last time we spoke to him. He wasn't technically in the NFL, but that has certainly changed. New Orleans Saints defensive lineman Brian Brazee. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. Um, what has life been like? Do you actually uh, remember speaking to me, Brian? It's okay. I won't be offended if the answer is no. Yeah,
3: I remember all the Dallas stuff behind you. Okay, <laughs>
1: uh, you know what? Um some some people would uh would take that in an offensive way. It's a rough week for that to be the case for me personally. Uh but um but yeah, I mean that's nice that uh that I made an impact. You made an impact on me. Uh, you weren't a professional last time we spoke. Now we are. Um, I imagine life has changed. Probably got a new email address, things like that. What has life been like um, through the first few months of your NFL career?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been amazing, obviously, you know, living out a, a childhood dream of mine and uh, just to be in a city like New Orleans. And, and you know, just part of this team was, you know, had, had such a great history and um, just enjoying every moment. It's been uh, it's been it's been amazing. I would have loved to have asked you a lot of Saints questions
1: beforehand, but obviously we didn't know the way things would go. Um, you mentioned a lot of history. When I was in high school, that wasn't totally the case. Um, I graduated high school in 2008. Yep. Uh, so I very, very vividly remember the Monday Night Football game right after Hurricane Katrina, which I'm sure you've obviously learned a lot about. Um what, what is it like? Because the Saints are kind of a newer NFL blue blood, right? Like they're not like one of the old school, like kind of cornerstone franchises, but they have arrived and and defined their own place in NFL history, certainly in your lifetime.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, just going back on on even like that, you said that that day, that game back in back in the dome. And um, yeah, just learning about it. even like, you know, the hurricane here and, and how it affected the city and kind of how. You know the Saints were were a big part of of kind of bringing the city together and and also you know every, everyone else in the city. But um, just going back on that kind of stuff and just seeing how much the Saints mean to to this city has been has been really cool for me.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I have a friend. His name is Bobby. He's a big Saints fan. He's a big Brian Brzee fan. Um, he wanted to know what's the best thing you've had to eat since you've been in New Orleans. You haven't been uh, there, you know, quite like peak Mardi Gras season, uh, but I imagine you've had yeah. your chance to to get a lot of good food.
3: Yeah, yeah. I love the uh, I love the oysters. I was. Never a big fan, uh, but coming down here and, and trying those out here has been something that I've, I've really enjoyed. Everyone who comes and visits, you know, I like to take them to Dragos and, and, and get them some some oysters. So that's been pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. Um, You are joining us today on behalf of Sleep Number, uh, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. Uh, They are partnering with the NFL and the American Cancer Society on the NFL's Crucial Catch Initiative, uh, which is obviously the month of October. Uh, For those of us who, or those of our listeners who can't see you, you're wearing your Intercept uh, Cancer hoodie. This is a cause uh, overall that you've spoken a lot about in your run-up into the NFL. And obviously now, what is it like working with Sleep Number in this capacity?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, You know, all that Sleep Number does uh, um Not only to inform but but try to help uh with early detection you know they have the the defender tool that that they've been uh known for recently that that helps kind of people early intercept um cancer and and just continue to bring awareness and and just to, to try to keep cancer you know as at a forefront for people who who you know might not you know it might not affect them or or um you know may have not in their past but just something that you know is is as somebody who's who's kind of gone through it as a family member of somebody who has, has dealt with it, just, just how important it is to continue to, to raise awareness and and try to help people who may be, um, you know, starting to deal with it or, or, or have already gone through it.
1: You and I um, touched on this last time we spoke and your story is really well known by football fans. There's a lot of non-Saints fans who are big fans of you for that reason. Where does that come from from you? I mean, you talked about obviously your um, your personal experience here, um, but not a lot of people your age are this grounded and, and not a lot of people your age understand this. And, and again, your experience, I imagine, is a big part of that. But a lot of people don't have the same perspective that you have had, you know, throughout your entire story.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's tough for people to to really understand. Um you know, not only the toll that that it has on on obviously the person going through it, but as well as you know the whole family, and and uh, it can just you know it's obviously a, a very very tough thing to to deal with. And I think seeing it firsthand, seeing somebody go through it, uh, especially you know being my little sister, a family member, is is something that um, you know is obviously very tough. But for me now, looking back on it, is just something that I want to continue to raise awareness for, and and you know just try to try to do everything I can in order to to you know eventually try to stop this this awful disease.
1: Well, I think um and I know I speak for the world really. What you're doing is really admirable and it's sounds like you found a great partner to work with here. And it is October. Um it's such a, a you know, it's a hard segue, but a magical time of year for sports. Um, you know, this past weekend we had the Red River rivalry, A and M Bama. I'm a fighting Texas Aggie myself, don't want to talk about it. Uh we had Cowboys Niners, <laughs> uh, you know, we got major league baseballs in their playoff season. It it you know, I've never been a professional athlete, but does that stuff, you know? does that stuff ripple into an NFL locker room? Are you guys kind of talking about all this stuff that's happening or are you, are you too, you know, focused on the week at hand last week? It's all about talking about, you know, getting prepped for the Patriots, or do you enjoy life with your new teammates and friends?
3: Yeah, I think it's a, a good mix of both of those things. You know, obviously it's important to, to, um, you know, just kind of kind of be a regular person. And, you know, the D- RD line, we go get dinner every Thursday and things like that. But um, at the same time, obviously, this is this is our job. And it's very important that, you know, all of us take this very, very seriously, which we do and um, prepare the best we can uh, week to week just to, to, to play our best and, uh, you know, hope for the best outcome uh, from the game. But, uh, yeah, definitely. There's, you know, just typical locker room banter and, and all that kind of stuff that goes on. But, um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's, it's a little bit different
1: um I mentioned the month of October it's my personal favorite month um it's a pretty common take again just because of all the sports things that happen uh the first day of this month you picked up your first NFL sack first whole sack I should say um what was that like I mean again there's a lot of firsts you know that you're still going through you know that's just kind of the nature of being an NFL rookie but still it had to be pretty cool
3: oh yeah super exciting you know um just a moment that I definitely won't forget. And, uh, you know, for it to happen, you know, in the dome at a, at a home game was, was really cool. And, you know, for my family and, and friends to be there to, uh, to witness it. And um, it was, it was definitely a very, very special moment for me.
1: Last week was, um, was a trouncing for the New Orleans Saints, obviously. Um, You don't see a lot of 34 to nothing scores in the NFL. Um, What do you attribute that to on the New Orleans side? A lot of people have picked the Saints to be a playoff team this year. Obviously, you know, an NFL season has rhymes and rhythms that can be difficult, can be uplifting, whatever the case may be. But what goes into a team outscoring another 34 to nothing?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the last two weeks were, were tough for us before this game. And, um, man, just coming in every week and, and preparing, uh, you know, with a purpose and preparing, you know, just just for, for what we expect and what we're going to see. And I think our practices and, you know, when people if, if people come see just how hard we work week in and week out and, um. You know, just do everything we can in order to prepare for the games and uh go out there and just execute at the end of the day is what it comes down to. you know I feel like the the week of practice is the hard part, and then going out and and if you're prepared and and ready to roll you know the the games are fun, so just being able to go out there and and do your role and and um you know whatever the team needs you to do and seeing that all kind of come together in in this last week last week's game was was really cool to see and and you know just kind of know what we were capable of what's the biggest difference
1: for you um, I mean now five games in um, you're obviously used to high level high competition athletics football specifically but what what has been the maybe the, the biggest the thing you didn't see coming uh, with regards to maybe not even just the NFL game but life in the NFL things that you know something that you're like man this it's a little different it could be good or bad it could be in between
3: yeah I think probably the biggest difference that I've noticed, biggest difference that I've noticed is, as uh probably been the 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 time off, really from, from, uh, you know, not having to go to study hall or, or, or do homework and that kind of stuff. Not go to class, you know, you're, you're here, you go to go to practice, you know, obviously watch film, lift, do all that kind of stuff, but you're still done by, you know, four or five every day. And, you know, there's a lot of time off, which is, which is different than college.
1: I've always kind of thought about this. Um, so you can tell me if I'm wrong, but so you travel right for a Sunday game. So it's Saturday. Um, I imagine you're interested in again, whatever sports are going on, but like, you're still in a hotel room. Like, are you Netflixing? Like what, what is your kind of Saturday night routine? Cause I mean, that's what I would do, but I'm, I'm not in that situation.
3: Yeah. I mean, oftentimes we get in, we get in a little later, uh, early, you know, early evening and we'll come in and have a second to ourselves. And then we go down and, and do some meetings real quick. So there's not a, a, a ton of time when you're traveling. Um, but yeah, definitely movies watching whatever games are on. And always, always try to tune back into Clemson and, and watch their games. So, um, yeah, I would say it's it's kind of different every week but but definitely definitely Netflix, Prime Video, all that good stuff. We're we're locked in
1: look at that prime video you're you're made for the nfl like you're you're made to be their sponsor boy uh you know poster guy <laughs> for you know thursday night football whatever the case you actually have a thursday night game coming up uh in a couple of weeks like that's a different transition in and of itself because you do got to play two games in such a condensed format are you already kind of preparing for something like that because that does start after this week's game against Houston.
3: yeah i mean obviously i'm, I'm sure the week will will, will kind of change for us on how we go about practice and that kind of stuff um but, I mean, just like any other game, um, just preparing myself the way I normally would and obviously less time and, and less time to, to get your body back right and, and feeling good and ready to go. But, um, yeah, just I, I feel like it's just like kind of any other game.
1: Yeah, I mean – it's, it's different and everybody hates it, but everybody watches it, right? Like, it's one of those things like every game is, you know, y'all's won't be, obviously, but every game is generally kind of trash, but everybody has it on no matter what. That's just the way the NFL goes. How much NFL, you mentioned watching, you know, on Saturdays, whatever, but how much are you, how much NFL football are you having a, a chance to watch, I guess? I, that would be the bummer of being in the NFL is that you don't get to watch the other games when you're playing.
3: Them. Yeah, we make up for it in film, so we get to watch a lot of football. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely on the game side of things, you know, you don't get to sit around and, and just Kind of watch, um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're, we're still watching a, a lot of football.
1: That makes sense. Um, what has surprised you the most about this NFL season? That doesn't have to do with the Saints. Then maybe something you've seen on film, maybe an offensive lineman that stood out to you. Um, again, we're still pretty early in this whole process, and everybody wants to make all these conclusions based off of five weeks. But I imagine your opinion has changed one way or another based on just this small sample size.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would say obviously, you know, in the NFL, everyone's everyone's the best in uh, best in the world. So just you know seeing every week how how you know offenses work together and how everyone has such a different scheme and and um man it's just it's it's definitely different than college you know there's there's a every week the the national championship in the nfl so just coming coming every week and and preparing like that um but i mean everybody's just just you know just so talented in this league so that's that's definitely been one thing that stood out to me
1: Sure. My last one for you, Brian, um, Alvin Kamara, obviously, this past weekend, there's a big old deal, uh, having the most touchdowns in New Orleans in history. be talked about a historical franchise. Um, you have some some really prominent, you know, future, you know, potential Hall of Famer dudes in Alvin in Cam Jordan. I mean, it's got to be cool to walk in Mike Thomas, obviously, at, at a time where there are these, I want to say legends on the final days of their career, but but dudes who have been there and who have done that specifically for this franchise, it's got to be a cool kind of older brother, veteran sort of relationship.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially with Cam being on the D line, uh, somebody who's been in the league for a long time and obviously has been super successful. So just having somebody like that who, who can kind of like be a mentor and, and kind of show you the ropes has been, has been really, really uh, just helpful for me, you know, going throughout camp and into the start of the season. And, you know, it's a long season. So just having somebody like that to, uh, to kind of walk you through it and, and show you the ropes has been, has been awesome.
1: Sure. Well, you've been hustling since the combine, you know, the pre-draft lead up, whatever the draft and you dive in, whatever, I always say, Rookies don't get a real chance to breathe until after their rookie season is over, which for you uh, will be in the NFC Championship game, obviously, in the loss of the Cowboys. I can't put you in the Super Bowl, you know, for obvious reasons. Uh, but still, I mean, pretty, pretty solid rookie season, if that's the way it turns out. Uh, Brian Brazil, thanks for joining us. Uh, on behalf of Sleep Number, once again, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL, uh, partnering with the NFL and the American Cancer Society on their crucial catch initiative. Thank you so much for hanging out. We look forward to catching up in the future. Thank you very much.